Are you new in the product management space? Or do you want to grow your product mindset? Welcome to Method and Madness of Products. I'm Manny, here with Stacy. We're two product leader experts who've been grinding and thriving in the industry for over a decade. We're here to help you learn the ropes in the product space. From different perspectives to insightful tips, we are your one-stop shop for product leadership. Let's, Let's dive, dive in. in. So we're going to actually begin season two discussion with imposter syndrome, and I'm going to turn it over to Stacy to give us a little intro on what imposter syndrome is, and then we're going to dive right in. Welcome back, Stacy. So glad to be back and talking about great topics with you. Thanks, Manny. I'm so excited to be here, and um, congratulations to both of us on season two. This is really exciting. So... To kick today's episode off, I wanted to ask a couple questions and get you thinking, you and our listeners, thinking about the answers. Have you ever experienced doubting yourself and feeling you don't deserve your achievements or even your job? Have there been times you question the value you bring at work or if you're really the right person for the role, even after giving 101% to meet expectations and demands? If your answer is a yes, then you're experiencing imposter syndrome. It's as real as it gets. You're not alone. Um, According to the Times, about 70% of people, and that was much higher than I would have thought, but 70% of people experience imposter syndrome um, based on a recent article that was published in the International Journal of Behavioral Science. So what do you think of that, Manny? Um, I think a lot of times we talk about the symptoms and, you know, burnouts included with imposter syndrome, and I'm sure we'll touch on some other characteristics of it later, but um, I had to actually look this up because it was like, mm, what what kind of is it? Like, I've heard it before, but like, I never really like dove into it. So it was, it's very interesting that, you know, what was found was like in 1978, you know, we had two psychologists, Pauline and Susan, and we'll have links to references um, throughout the week. It's interesting that it was actually founded in 1978. So I'm thinking like, wow, that's a long time. And no one's really talking about it. But it's the idea you think that's like you've made it because of luck. Or like your talents or qualifications doesn't make you qualify for something because you don't really think or internalize the success and another kind of characteristics is like just being a overachiever and most overachievers don't relish their success or celebrate their wins they just move on to the next thing so I don't know like when I think about it it's like it really resonated a lot with me and I think it resonated and like I see that a lot within teams so it's like learning about this and internalizing it with like what you do will also help you have a much better team experience because you can reinforce through like retros, reinforce through different team discussions when your team members are maybe like inadvertently downing themselves and you can pinpoint and be like, no, like you do these things really well. This is why we need you on the team. Hmm. Um, what, what, what do you think about that? Like, have you experienced that with like some of your team members and yeah. recognized it because of yourself? Definitely. Um, I have seen other people have imposter syndrome, people that I think are very talented in our industry, people who have literally changed the way, uh, just changed the way the industry operates, right? In major impactful ways, people that have made these 
positive changes and they still don't think they're good enough for certain things or they still doubt themselves. And I look at them and I'm like, how could you doubt yourself when everybody sees that you're so awesome and all of these things you've accomplished? And what's funny is I never used to think that I had imposter syndrome. I used to think, oh, that sucks for you that you have that. Like, why can't you recognize your own skill set, you know? And then just recently, um, I was interviewing for a new position at a company that is a dream, has been a dream of mine to work at for a really long time. And every person I spoke to was so amazing, like just awesome. I was like, man, I'll be so lucky if I get a chance to work with these people. They seem so knowledgeable. And I found myself doubting myself and being like, wow, they know a lot more about this stuff than I do. But then I had to back up and be like, actually, no, they don't. I just went through and implemented this project in 10% of the time. You know what I mean? And like, I, I learned all these things and it was a successful project and we met all these milestones and I couldn't internalize that and be like, yes, these are my skill sets and I'm allowed to say that and be proud of them. So um, yeah, it caught me by surprise. I never thought that I was affected by it, but uh, I think it, I think most people probably are at one point or another. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, there's not like a one-size-fit-all or across-the-board, like, there's like different types, you know, um, like you have the perfectionist, you know, you have the, the expert, and then like the natural genius, you know, um, the soloist, and then like the Superman slash Superwoman kind of like complex, where it's like, you know, you feel like you have the weight of the project or the world on your shoulders and you have to rise to the occasion and show the big S like, right? Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> so it manifests in different ways, right? With different yeah. people. Yeah. And I think depending on the makeup of the project team, you probably have a different role on each and you probably go through those different roles depending on the projects, right? I've had projects before where I felt like I had to be the superhero. Um, generally I'm more in the perfectionist category and that's, it's not kind to myself. It's not, it, that's a good way to get burned out, but also holding myself to a higher standard than I hold other people to, you know, that, that just doesn't work well in a team environment. So yeah, I, I can totally see people in those roles in my mind. You know, and it actually, it reminds me back years and years ago when we worked together and we were working on this uh, project. I don't know if you remember where you were implementing like the, the signature. Oh, yes. And I just remember, like, I like I see that because I remember you being, like, a superhero. Like, like that project was a hot mess. And, like, I just yeah. remember you, like, bouncing between, like, walls, calls, flying from Pittsburgh to Phoenix. And then, like, you pulled me into it. And I was just like, take a, take a breath. Like, let's let's get it. Um, so I, I see that very much uh, in... Like, it's funny that you recognize that. I think for me, I struggle and bounce between, like, the expert and, like, the natural genius one. Like, because yeah, things have I come easy that. to me. Yeah. Like, so then. But that's dangerous. It's it, dangerous. Exactly. Because if, so, if one thing eventually doesn't come easy to you, you're going to be really hard on yourself. And you shouldn't be. You know, the thing with that is, like, when things come easy and then you have to actually work, you feel like you're kind of a fraud then. Like, right? Mm -hmm. You're like... Do I really know? Because I have to actually put an effort. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, the expert part, and I don't know if you remember, but, like, I always ask questions. And I'm always trying to, like, have all the right information to make a decision. So I don't know that those two are a good combination together. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it worked out really well for me and my project. (laughs) (laughs) There is something to be said about being able to rely on another coworker to really lift you up and always um, give like accurate information, whether it's someone wants to hear it or not. So, you know, I, I think what we have to do in the product management field is recognize these traits in each other and try to lift each other up and be like, Hey, you know, you're, you're doubting yourself a little bit here and you don't need to, you know, you've got these skills. Don't worry about that. And I wonder if, if there's any correlation with like changes that brings it out more than another. Like I remember having it, having it more when I changed jobs, like what you described um, three years ago and then, like, also, too, like, when your team changes a lot and you get new people coming in, new people going out, and then your whole team dynamic, especially from an agile standpoint, the velocity changes, you have to yeah. establish new norms. And then it's like, do you have a little bit of imposter syndrome, even though, like, maybe you're leading that team, but if 80% of the team is different, you have to reestablish all that trust and stuff again. So, like, there may be self-doubt there. So I wonder if there's any correlation with big big changes yeah. that have it come out more than other. I don't know. That's oh, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think there is. Um, I've been at my current job for four years and I feel like I'm definitely have earned the title of expert. And like, I know a lot of stuff cause I've been working on a lot of different projects and I'm about to move over to a different employer in a, in a couple weeks. And I'm so excited about it. Again, dream job, dream position, dream opportunity. But I am like, man, I really hope I don't mess this up. Man, I really hope that they hired me and that I will be able to meet their expectations on, you know, what we talked about in the interview and just trying to remember my skill set. Like, okay, I did ABC last year. Like, I know I can at least research this and I know I can rely on working really hard, you know, to, to build up that reputation with people. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that moving to a different job and then working with different team members can definitely bring those out. Yeah. So it's like, so for me, it's like, how do I think about, like, how do we think about remembering what like the signs are and how do like we catch it? Um, You know, and so a few things that we had jotted down here was like, um, you know, attributing your, your success to external factors. Um, overachieving um fear that you won't live up to expectations so you so you hit that one right there like Mm -hmm. switching and y'all set the expectations in the interview so that fear of not um belittling your performance um sabotaging your own success that's that's another that could probably be its own topic one day like um a lot of times imposter syndrome can set you up for trying to sabotage yourself because you're not used to that success you know Mm. Yeah. You can't live in that space. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wonder, like, what are some techniques that you use when, like, you've kind of noticed those characteristics yeah. and, you know, like, is there anything particular you do? Yeah, I do. Um, so there's two things I do. One of them is sometimes if I'm really stressed and panicking, I let myself think about the worst case scenario for a couple minutes. And I think, okay, so let's say I start this job. And it's a really rocky start. Either I will learn and do a bunch of research and make up for it and get up to speed as fast as possible, or I'll determine it's not a good fit. And this thing that I thought I wanted, I don't want anymore. 
but I trust the people that I'm working with enough to at least allow me to have that space to grow. Um, and if it's not a good fit, then I'll find another position somewhere else that's a better fit. It's not the end of the world. I'm not unemployable. So uh, some people kind of think that thinking about the worst case scenario is maybe not a, a good tactic. But for me, it's actually a comfort because worst case scenario is I just get another job, right? Um, and then the other thing I think about is times in the past when I have started at the very beginning of a project and I didn't know anything about the technology. And I remember feeling like I was just in like a free fall. Like I didn't know anything about um, streaming content on the web. Didn't even know the protocols, um, security, like nothing about it. And I had to start at the very right. beginning. And that was a successful project because of my efforts. So I remind myself that was successful because I was part of that. So if I can do that, I think I can do these other things. But what about you? Um, how do you counteract imposter syndrome? You know, I 100% I agree. And before I jump in it, it was something that you, you said there, like, you know, do they provide you the room to grow? And I want, and something that I want you to think about too is more important than do they provide you the room to grow? Do they provide you the room to fail and then support that learning and failure? Yes. Um, I would say that's something that I get at the company that I'm at now. Um, they allow me to experiment with a lot of things. I have failed or what I'd like to call lessons learned. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we talk about it and then we implement safeguards to hopefully if in that situation again, to, to mitigate, to not have that level of failure, if you will. So, yeah. um, I think that's awesome that you talked about the room to grow, but on the flip side, I think even more importantly is like, do, do you have the room to fail? Um, for me, I always like to resort back to what it is that got me where I was. Like, you can't get certain, you can't get so far and then think that one thing did it. Mm -hmm. You didn't fail your way into this. Yeah. So it's back to like, I had a routine, I had a, a, a method, um, and Every day I made my bed at this time. Every day I drank my coffee at this time. Every so all those micro decisions compound over time to contribute to success. So it's like it wasn't that one thing that got it here. It was the process. And if the process needs tweaked because things change, times have changed, industry have changed, then I need to need to pinpoint those areas and then tweak them. So that's like, that's how I like to think about it when I, you know, feel flustered or um, I'm overachieving and I'm maybe not hitting certain targets that I've put on myself. Um, I like to take a step back and and just really evaluate those things. And then also remember, like comparing yourself to others mm. will always make you fail. Yeah. Comparing yourself to yesterday, you. That's all we really can compare. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Because we are our own baseline. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So we have to make data-driven decisions on ourselves. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Um, I think it's interesting that you said when you feel flustered, because <laughs> I've never known you to feel flustered. <laughs> um, but no, I, that's, that's exactly right. And I think in the past, when I have started looking at other people 
that are in the product space and being like, what are they doing over at that company? And like, oh, wow, they got promoted really fast. And gee, this is taking forever for me. What's wrong with me? Um, you know, that's definitely part of the imposter syndrome. And it is a distraction from the goal. And that is not helping me focus on what I need to focus on to be successful in my role. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And what I could tell you too is doing little things like coffee chats with your peers and um, just talking to and getting mentors at your new organization. Like that, that's definitely something that I do every, anytime that I switch, like within the first three to four weeks, I'm setting up 15 minute uh, coffee chats. I'm trying to find like who kind of is in the know. Um, And when I say no, it's like not know everything where I'm picking their brain, but kind of know the landscape and what people have, what strengths and knowledge on different things. So then like that becomes my encyclopedia uh, or card catalog, if you will. I'm like taking names. I'm like, okay, this person's <laughs> good at this. And then like, yeah. I'm, I'm scheduling to like introduce myself because like, I want you to know who I am. Cause I'm going to come and pick your brain when I run into this and I need this. So yeah. I think those types of things, like having a plan on how to mitigate those feelings, right. Um, will help push through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, there's one more thing too, that it feels kind of silly, but because I was interviewing recently and I hadn't interviewed for oh, four or five years before that point, I found myself getting so nervous before these interviews that I like my heart was pounding and I was like losing my train of thought. And so I did a bunch of research into how to calm yourself down in a moment really fast. And I actually found this method that they use for um, people with PTSD, and it's called tapping. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but we should totally mm-hmm. do a post on it on our blog. Um, but essentially, it, it like focuses your mind on the thing that you're anxious about and does it in like a physical way where you're actually tapping on certain points of your body. Um, and it, for me, it had a huge impact in calming my nerves getting me back on track, getting me back in the moment and focused. And I was able to kind of calm things down and at least go through the interview and then panic after the fact, after it was done. Um, but yeah, that, that really helped for me. So I also think in addition to imposter syndrome, right, we can't get better at imposter syndrome overnight. We're going to have it probably for a very long time. So we have to find methods and ways that we can make the experience a little less stressful for us. And that way we can be our best in that moment. So let me ask you this. Have you experienced seeing it in someone else and helping them through it? Yeah. Because, like, I have, like, but I'd like to hear your experience. Like, what what did that look like? How did you recognize it? And then, like, what kind of words of encouragement or how did you bring them along the journey to help them through it? Yeah. Um. So one of my coworkers who is very well known in the industry has had a very big impact in the industry. And is probably one of the most talented people I know in the software field. Um, he has mentioned to me before statements that made me realize that he has imposter syndrome. And with him at first, I was really confused. Like, wh- why, did he, why did he just say that? That was so self-deprecating. Like, why doesn't he have more confidence in himself? And then I realized what it was in the moment. And I was like, you know, hey man, you're actually really great at this. And people look to you 
for this skill. And it's not just a feeling, there are facts to back it up. And I know he's very data-driven because he's in software. Um, and he's always looking for, you know, proof of things. So I was like, look at all of these things that you have accomplished and you did this because of your skill and your commitment. Um, and so I, I, I hear what you're saying, but hey man, I think you have imposter syndrome because no one else sees you that way. And if you could see yourself the way other people see you with your actual skill sets and the things that you bring to the table, I think you would be amazed. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome that you were able to kind of pick that out and, and help, help them through that. Um, I experienced something similar, but kind of like in reverse because like that said person was kind of like an introvert and on all the team's ceremonies, you know, that person would not really say much. So like, I, like at the time when I realized it, like I was new to that particular team and we were trying different things to normalize and, and stabilize the team and get back to a, a state of norm. And so I usually like to have like um, conversations with every dev team member, like typically at least like once a quarter just to see like how things are going, talk to them, um, humanize like, like, hey, how are you outside of work? Yeah, um, yeah. So with this said person, I had, you know, had a one-on-one -on -one with them and I was like, you don't talk much, but do you realize your voice is mighty among like men? Like, you know, cause she was very just reserved and, um, you know, but like she knew her stuff. And when she talked, I swear, like her voice was the biggest one in the room, but it was coming from like a really small frame, <laughs> but like, cause everyone but everybody listened. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I realized like after talking with her, like she didn't think that people viewed her the way that they did. So the fact that I was able to like reassure her, like, listen, like, why, why do you think we're always calling on you? Because like, we know if it deviates from something the team says, we're going to pause and take a look at it because like everyone on the team respects your work that much. And so in my instant, yeah. it was more of the person knowing they had the skills, but I think they were kind of afraid of sharing it because they didn't realize how valuable it was. Yeah, no, you're right. And imagine if she never spoke up and she never said anything, your entire team would be, would lose out on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's a disservice to the team. Yeah, so, it is. But yeah, this, this has been a wonderful discussion, Stacey. I'm, I'm so glad we're back at it. Um, and we're going to have way Me more too. content um, happening this year um, outside of just these conversations. So, um, I'm looking forward to having the links that we've kind of looked up and shared, um, having more definitions on, on some posts on our LinkedIn and just having more activity and, and basically just iterate on this season and, and just like take it to a whole nother level. So exactly. I did not mean to finally get COVID, <laughs> but, <laughs> but these are the times we're living in. So yeah, I'm so happy to be back at it. Um, Thanks to all of our listeners and for everybody who supports us. This is something that we really, really love to do and that really drives us and motivates us. So I'm so happy. Absolutely. To be part of it. So listeners, we're back. This is the first episode of season two, Imposter Syndrome. Hope you enjoyed and learned as much as we did from this episode. If you haven't yet, 
follow us on all of our social media platforms for more awesome and insightful product leadership discussions and content. Check out the description for the links. Don't hesitate to message us with any comments, recommendations, or questions. We'd love to hear from you. Looking forward to our next discussion. Until Until next time. time.